welcome to the Wild Books podcast. I'm Thalia Caddy, book lover, cat mom and candle maker. After years working in the glittering West End in the theatre industry, I swapped plays for books and started Wild Books, a small business with a big heart, with a vision to enrich your life through the world of books. This is not a book review podcast. This is the start of a conversation around ideas explored in books, which will open your hearts and minds. Taking inspiration from fictional stories and a wide library of non-fiction books, we go deep into subjects that matter and that will positively impact your life. By looking through the eyes of other people with different life experiences, I challenge you to listen with openness to what you hear today. So take a deep breath, get curious, and allow yourself to be surprised. Welcome to the Wild Books podcast. We have a very special guest today, Emma, who is a Wild Books subscriber. And we're going to talk about a book that we've both read and can't seem to find anyone else who's read it to talk about. Um, It's Great Circle by Maggie Shipstead. Shipstead. she was nominated last year for the Booker Prize with this book and this year for the Women's Prize. And I just can't wait to have this conversation because I've been dying to talk to someone about this book. Um, and hopefully as a listener, you will be intrigued and maybe go and read it yourself. Um, but thank you so much, Emma, for joining us on the podcast. So if you don't mind, if you just want to start off by telling us a little bit about who you are and, and what you do. Yeah. So I'm Emma. I work in HR and in my spare time, I'm an avid reader um, and subscriber with Wild Books. So today we're going to be talking about Great Circle by Maggie Shipstead. For the listeners, can you just give us a brief overview of the book, please? Yes. So Great Circle follows the life of Marion Graves and it's basically from her birth in 1914 all the way up to 1950 and it's about her ambition of becoming a female pilot Um, and in amongst other things within her life uh, you find out how she manages to do this and towards the end of the novel you realise that she goes on this expedition around the circumference of the world hence the title Great Circle Um, but she actually goes missing so there's a bit of a mystery as to what happened to her um, and then there's a dual timeline in the book with an actress in the in the modern day um, called Hadley Baxter, who is to play uh, Marion Graves in a film. And it's all about her trying to understand what actually happened to Marion. Their lives mirror each other. So she's very intrigued uh, to see the mystery of what actually happened to Marion on this expedition. Beautifully put. Um, so can you tell me about the first time you read this book? Uh, you know, where were you? How do you remember that experience of opening The Great Circle? Yes. So it was one of those books that had been on Instagram. Uh, everyone was raving about it. And it's usually how I find out about books in general. So it really caught my eye. Um, and then I saw how big the book was. <laughs> I thought... <laughs> It's a bit of a challenge. And I know that we had talked about it in messaging. We, I described it to you as it's a bit of a doorstop of a book. And quite literally, it was for a while. I'd bought it in hardback. I uh, have a bit oh of a God. dodgy door. So 
it was being used for a bit to prop it open and eventually I was like do you know what I think it's time that I read this book and actually get a proper door stopper so I'd actually started a new job and was feeling quite anxious and just I really wanted the escapism of to get lost in a book Um, and I knew that based on size alone this is the type of book that I could actually really immerse myself in the storyline and so I went in with kind of some expectations of what to of what it was going to be about but in reading it completely blew me away um and it was just yeah it was so immersive so cinematic and I just it was that type of book that even though it was so long I wanted more and I was like I just even towards the end I was like I just want another extra hundred pages like I'm not ready to to let go of this story it was just brilliant Oh, yeah, I I totally agree. I love what you said there about, you know, being a time in your life where you needed almost that like other world to completely get lost in because things in your life were a little bit stressful with the new job and just having another world to completely immerse yourself in. And I really agree on the, the number of pages. Like it's a book that I like to talk to people um, in my job at Waterstones about but I'm always like oh but it's so long (laughs) like just know that it's gonna be a long time but you're gonna love it and if you can really commit to being in that world for a long time it's so 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 worth it Um, but yeah I completely agree incredibly cinematic and just I wasn't ready for it to to end either no no No. (laughs) I'm still it generally is I think it is if not my favourite book of the year is definitely one of my favourite books of the year and it is one I keep recommending to people as well and I think they see the size of it and they are put off by it but it it really goes by in a flash when you're when you're immersed in it um I know I keep using that word but it's the best way to kind of describe the reading experience you just get sucked into it yeah for sure I actually felt a little bit like the first 200 pages maybe it took me a bit of time to get into um so if anyone has tried it and is kind of yeah flagging a little bit stick with it it absolutely once you're like used to the length I I kind of liken it a little bit to my experience of reading the goldfinch I don't know if you read that yeah. Oh yes, yeah. It's like it's a mood. You're like you dropped into this world. You're gonna be there for a long time. But if you can commit to it, it is an absolute masterpiece. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. So Marion Graves's story, which you've brilliantly uh, explained for us, is fictional, but the author weaves in stories of female pioneering pilots throughout the 20th century who've gone largely under the radar. I know you love a bit of historical fiction yourself. Um, what impact do you think this had on you throughout the book, this kind of historical fiction weaving through the narrative? And how do you feel like it fit with the story and the structure of the book? So I think my first impression of it with her bringing in, especially because when you read the book and even the synopsis of it, your first thought is Amelia Earhart. And I think by actually bringing her in it makes it feel more that Marion is almost although it's fiction she feels real and it gives Mm. her that realism and I think it was a good tactic on the author's part to make sure that it made it distinctive of this is not kind of based on Amelia Earhart although there's similarities there but I think it just 
yeah, it, it adds that realism to, to the storyline. And I think it also was really interesting because it brought in real historical figures that I hadn't heard about before. And so, yeah, so she, she, brought, she brought in historical figures that, you know, to do with flying that I had never actually heard about. And I think we're, everybody knows about Amelia Earhart, but you can see in the research she's bringing in these people who have, like you said, they've gone under the radar. And I think that's really important to, to know. And it just it really kind of shows how much there's a lot of female historical figures that we don't talk enough about and they've been forgotten about but they've actually achieved so much so I think it added that weight to the story and it just it just made it feel more real um and I think it just highlights an aspect of history that we've maybe overlooked a lot until now yeah for sure I mean I personally find historical fiction quite challenging I I don't know I don't know why I've been exploring this a lot recently and I don't really don't really feel like I've got to the nub of it but I really what I love is being able to be in a world with characters and live in that time period with them which is exactly what historical fiction is but I don't know there, there was just something that was very like real and just very real and kind of contemporary in even Marion's story in the way that it was told. But you got this like reinforcement almost of these historical entries of like, yeah, different uh, explorers or different pioneers, pilots who at one point I questioned, oh, do I feel like this is taking away from the story? But the more I read and the more that it was used as a device, the more I thought, no, actually, you're making this so much more real. You are putting Marion and the like incredible depth of story and character that we're getting from her into a context which just kind of brings everyone else to life in a way. All of the other people, you know, historical figures and yeah I just thought it was really it was really interesting it definitely felt like a bit of a a a device at times but I think it showed it also showed why the story is so important it like gave it more of an impact because although Marion's story herself is fictional you just get like a glimpse of how many people there were who were you know, really putting themselves forward and into dangerous situations and being real adventurers that, yeah, I mean, I am not the kind of person who would go and necessarily research that. So I really feel like I've learned a lot, which I might not have done had I not read the book. Yeah, yeah. And I think as well, it was also it's interesting. I think in reading it, it made me realise that with Amelia Earhart, we know about her because there's that mystery and almost the mystery overtakes what she's actually achieved but in talking about other similar pilots of, of kind of the same era, you realise that there were so many of them that achieved massive feats at a time when men were being given all these accolades for it. And it just makes you realise, yeah, like it's still with Amelia Earhart. You don't quite understand what she's achieved. It's about the mystery of where she went. Mm. And it overlooks her actual, She, I mean, she, she did so much. Um, so I think it was really interesting in that way to kind of, yeah, I had Google out and I was Googling all these names when I was reading. I was like, oh, this is amazing. So really, really interesting. 
Yeah, absolutely. So Marion Graves' story is the central narrative of the book, but there is also this present day storyline around Hadley, the Hollywood star who's taking on the lead role of Marion in a film about her life. What did you think about this? How did you feel about this this narrative? Did it fit to you? Did it add? Did it take away? So it's one of those things I have to say, and when I think about it, I really struggle to, and this is in general, for most books with the dual timelines, I often struggle to remember the kind of more modern timeline. And I think mm. it's the same with this book. I I understand what she was trying to do with the modern timeline and it was allowing the kind of to explore Marion's story from a more objective point of view but coming away from it not as memorable and I yeah I just every time it was coming to Hadley I just felt I want to get back to Marion and I want to understand what's happening and you know it just felt it was just a bit of a device that I don't think many books necessarily need can appreciate it but this is one that I did feel if you're taking out that second timeline would I miss it no so (laughs) not to sound too harsh but it just didn't work for me no I think that's so interesting because I think for me it's usually that like the modern timeline that like keeps me hooked and like oh really yeah at the beginning at the beginning I you know in those first 200 pages where I was struggling a little bit I was like oh I want to read more about Hadley it really feels like this is skewed towards way more of Marion and not enough of Hadley (laughs) I was Um, was the exact opposite I was like give me more Marion like Hadley needs to stop mourning so much (laughs) (laughs) yeah no it's so interesting by the end or not even the end by halfway through I was flipped for sure yeah and I think as well, like, I just thought I was going into it and they were going to be quite, well, like, matched, you know, like, half Marion, yeah. half Hadley. And it just wasn't that. It was much more Marion. And how could you not fall far more in love with Marion than yeah. Hadley anyway? Like, she's fine, but she's a bit annoying. She's all right. She's a bit basic. <laughs> <laughs> she's definitely basic. She she has her own little narrative, her her character arc. but um, But, yeah, it didn't take long to just be totally swept up in Marion and just almost just like when she when Hadley came up just just questioning what is what why we do why are we doing this and by the end I really felt like no okay she's added a lot of like um perspective for Marion's story I do think that there was there was that but when you look at for me like when you look at a, a book that's nearly 700 pages and maybe 200 of that is this subplot that you probably don't need. Like, could you just made it a little bit more accessible for more people to read the amazing book by it not being nearly 700 yeah. pages, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I mean, that's the thing as well. I often, like, if you were to turn this into a film, can guarantee that modern day plotline, they would just say remove it. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's... Not necessary. Uh, nope, nope. Uh, so I do feel, I yeah, it just didn't do much for me. And yeah, towards yeah, the yeah. end, it was it was more meaningful towards the end. Totally. But even so, I think it it could have been done without it. Like the kind of what was revealed at the end could have been revealed without having Hadley there. 
Yeah, and without re- yeah, totally. That I was going to say, like, without revealing what is revealed, that there is, like, it allows you to an ex- to explore an element of like Marion's story in the modern day, like, you know, that timeline in the present. But as as you say, that could have been done in a different way, really. Yeah. 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 Sorry, Hadley. I know. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry but not sorry you just yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so the ending I, d- I don't yes. want to like talk too much about what happens because you know don't want to give away the mystery but the final 100 pages were my favorite like I just the a sense of adventure like the propulsion through a flight that the whole book's been building towards so without any spoilers how did the book make you feel by the end Oh, um, just yeah, heart, like kind of heart and mouth racing for that the final hundred pages, just thinking what on earth's going to happen, and it just yeah, there was no kind of indication as well. I think especially the very very last reveal, you had no idea it was coming, so I thought that was really interesting. And I think again, without revealing too much, the decision that she makes, which kind of spins the story on its head to some degree um it it is the impossible decision and I think it was yeah it just added another aspect to this sense of adventure and and what was going to happen you couldn't predict it and I think that's what I loved about this book in general is there were so many opportunities for it to go down with Marion's story quite a stereotypical you know with certain characters you assumed oh she's going to fall in love with this person and then this will happen and and basically none of your expectations were met in a really good way and it just was all these twists and turns and I think that's what made it feel more realistic as well because that's life it's not how you plan it and I think especially with that yeah like you said those last hundred pages I couldn't have told you what I thought was going to happen Mm. it it was done so well and I think I keep using this word like immersive and cinematic but it really was like it it was one of those books that you do you could see it almost on the big screen and I think it mm. would it would make such a good oh. film as well yes please yes. <laughs> yes please um yeah I think there's, there's two two things um there one is like the actual um that like mirroring of an actual flight you know like the playfulness yeah. and like the twists and turns that she would go on through her you know her desire to fly and and she would go and fly and she would play you know and it kind of like that what happens in the end just that those twists and turns is almost like imagining her flying and taking a dip and going up and going round and twisting and you know all of that I think is um yeah it felt very like flight like you know yeah I mean I have a fear of flying so it doesn't help <laughs> like my fear of flying was not helped by this book because there's so much detail yeah I, and like that you are just like oh my goodness like she's really done her research and you feel like you're in the cockpit with Marion mm. and her understanding of everything that's going on that's all narrated so you you know the exact things that she's picked up on that you're like oh god like this doesn't sound good um so it really is just I think that's what makes it seem even more kind of 
heart caught in your throat is that sense mm-hmm. of realism that she's she's been able to create because she's she's just given you kind of minute by minute in that last fight what happens and you kind yeah. of go oh god this could go really yeah. who knows what's gonna happen totally for me like the they they get to antarctica and the description of antarctica i've never i don't feel like i've read anything like that before like just i mean if you can imagine being in antarctica and everything being white and being totally disorientated by the snow and the the, the, like this the no visibility and just like the disorientation, the way she describes that. I just, I hadn't underlined anything in this book. And then when I got to that part, I just started underlining. So I was like, I need to be able to come and find this description again because I've literally never read anything like it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's just brilliant. Really, really brilliant. I think to under, yeah, you'd never really get descriptions I know it's like unless you watch films about you know mm. the Antarctica and I think because it's quite hard to create a picture of it because it is so desolate and mm. and isolated but I think that aspect of it is what is so vital in the story is that isolation that she feels um and I think yeah, yeah actually it's kind of throughout the storyline she's often is quite alone and she's comfortable yeah. with it and she enjoys it and then she gets to this point and it's the first time that she starts to feel really, oh God, I don't know if I can do this, um, which I thought was really, really interesting when we kind of see that character development all the way yeah. through. Um, and it's, I suppose it's like in, in real life, it's the fear that almost gets to her um, and you get to see her overcome that. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Um, so <laughs> Great Circle was long listed for the Booker Prize and shortlisted for the Woman's Prize this year. What do you think about book prizes? Why do you, why do you think they're important? And what's your relationship with them? So I think they are important. Um, but personally, I don't pay much attention to them. <laughs> so, uh, so I do think definitely they are important, especially with things like the Women's uh, Prize for Fiction. I think for so long and even now, the this the attention on female authors in particular they're often overlooked so I think to have that dedicated prize is is vital um there's so many you know it's things like even when you look at different genres of books like what we would describe as you know chiclet rom-coms and you're like but when you think about authors like David Nichols for example who wrote Mm. One Day and if a woman had written that book that would have been known as a Mm rom-com so it's there is quite a large disparity between female and male authors and I think having book prizes that are dedicated to female authors is brilliant don't get me wrong other book prizes well I think in general we should be celebrating authors and and books they have such a huge cultural impact on us and more so than I would argue films you know Mm -hmm. you know you've got books that have still classics from hundreds of years ago you know films not quite so much Uh, so I do think it's important to have them but in terms of kind of what I said about I ignore them it I've just I think reading is so subjective and it's you know what you like and there's so many books that you recommend and even this one for example some people may pick it up and think oh, I don't get what the fuss is about um so I think it's one of those things that I don't hold much I wouldn't say value as such but I 
try and just if the book interests me then I want to pick it up and read it but if it had won an award and I picked up and I thought mm, not so sure if it's for me it wouldn't sway me to read it if that makes sense so yeah, totally. um yeah I'm 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 kind of torn about them but either way I don't really mind them um mm. but yeah it's not something that would make me go oh I have to read this book so yeah yeah I think that's a very balanced fair view on it you know it, it I think it like it highlights books that you might not have found otherwise but ultimately yeah. you still want to pick up a book and feel like yeah this is something I'm going to enjoy and I'm not just yeah. reading it for the sake of it I mean we've cool. all been stuck in conversations with somebody who's read something because it was you know the Booker Prize of the year yeah. <laughs> and they chew your ear off about it and you're like I don't think you've read it really have you (laughs) 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 Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) I know exactly what you mean yep (laughs) Uh, (laughs) amazing so if someone wanted to read this book maybe they have listened to this podcast and they think oh maybe maybe this is for me what other books by different authors would you say it's similar to so I've got quite a few actually that uh, I drew comparisons to in reading it. Um, so bear with me while I go through my list. <laughs> so the first one I felt in the in the beginning of the book you get Marion's childhood and it's in the south and she's with her brother and they're growing up with their uncle and they're often left to their own devices and that's where her sense of adventure first come, comes into into being really and for me the description that it being set in kind of the deep south of America it reminds me of To Kill a Mockingbird and mm. that relationship she has it was very similar with Jim and Scout and they're growing up um, and that that kind of sense of as the story develops, you understand a bit more about Mai and you kind of see how her innocence is taken away. And it's similar in, in that sense to Kill a Mockingbird. Um, obviously, To Kill a Mockingbird has a lot more um, kind of depth as the, as the book goes on. And this is just for the childhood bit of Marion's life it reminded me of that um but then the other book that you'd actually have already mentioned is The Goldfinch by Donna Tart um and I think it's that with Marion you get to see her entire life and it's that kind of epicness of it and it's very similar and not necessarily in the writing style because I think The Goldfinch is quite slow moving and it's very character driven but there was just something about seeing somebody's life and seeing it develop really reminded me of the goldfinch mm-hmm. um and then the other one um well two actually but by the same author city of girls and the signature of all things by elizabeth gilbert um and in that sense again elizabeth gilbert often her stories follow somebody's life and you get to see it the whole way through um but also what really reminded me um in reading the great circle of these books is that Elizabeth Gilbert is similar with Maggie Shipstead um, in that you often think the plot's going to take you somewhere and it's quite predictable and you read these characters mm-hmm. and you go, oh, she's going to end mm-hmm. up with this guy and mm-hmm. then this will happen, it will all be resolved and it's going to be lovely and nice and it's not <laughs> completely, yeah. you know, again, like I said before, that's real life. It's, you know, it makes it more interesting that these characters make wrong decisions and they end up with wrong people and they backtrack from it and they go into different things it's how the plot moves forward and I think that yeah that's what really reminded me in 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 great circle of these books is the fact that Marion's kind of projection in her life isn't what you necessarily think it's going to be 
um, and it takes her to all these wonderful places. So yes. Amazing. That's really helpful. And I totally agree with, uh, with all of those. I think that's great. Amazing. Is there anything else that you want to share about the book? Um, yeah. Um, I think it's just, I would just say, just read it. If you're interested in any <laughs> of it, seriously, go out and read it. I think this, I get the size can put people off, but I think it was honestly, it's so worth the read and I think if you've got any fears of looking at the size of the book just overcome it because <laughs> yeah. you, yeah. once you're once you're in it like you said the first few I actually really liked the start of the book and those first few hundred pages I can see they're quite slow moving but it builds mm. up the picture um but yeah no it, it's it should have won the prize oh <laughs> I know I know I agree <laughs> and I don't put much weight on those prizes no, anymore, no. <laughs> but it still should have won <laughs> Amazing. Oh, thank you so much, Emma. So we've got our quick fire questions to yes. wrap up. Um, so diving straight in, what is your favourite book of all time? So I think you probably already know that I'm going to paraphrase this for saying <laughs> this is like Sophie's choice. So I get asked this question a lot. I cannot pick one. So you're getting four. <laughs> right? And this is me <laughs> narrowing it down. Uh, so I would say The Secret History by Donna Tart yeah. is up there. Jane Eyre um, by Charlotte Bronte, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wolf Hall, and I'm actually going to squeeze in the entire series by Hilary Mantle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Persuasion by Jane Austen. Oh, amazing. I know. Amazing. <laughs> um, if you were to be a character from any book, who would you be? Right, I've thought long and hard about this one. So <laughs> I know which character I'm most like. <laughs> But that's very different from the one I would like to mm, to experience. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the one that I would go for um, is Sherlock Holmes. Um, oh, I, oh, I, I love that. Know, I, <laughs> I think it would be first of all to be to experience Victorian London, mm. um, but also to have the experience of how his mind works with all the kind of deductions he makes. I think, and yeah, and to be able to solve a crime that way, I think would be incredible. So yes, such a good answer. Uh, if you were to write a book right now, what would it be? Definitely historical fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, at the moment, I've kind of been into a lot of historical fiction set in Victorian times. So I think I would go for that setting. And I think I'd have to put in a bit of mystery. But I don't know what exactly. I don't have a plot. It's just that you just get that. So. That's that's enough. I think that's, that's pretty good. Um, and if you had to sum up your reading taste in three authors, who would they be? Oh, Donna Tart, mm-hmm. uh, Hilary Mantel, and I'm going to go for Kate Moore, who is a non-fiction mm-hmm. writer. She does a lot of non-fiction, so she did a book called The Radium Girls. Um, I like my my historical non-fiction. She was yeah, brilliant. Nice. So, yeah. Amazing. Uh, and what is your favourite way to read? Audiobook, paperbook or ebook? Oh, definitely physical copy, paperback every single yeah. time. Can't and be. you know what I would say about Great Circle? If you get the paperback, it's like the, the most satisfying type of book. It's like yes. Bible thin pages. Yes. Not quite Bible thin, nice but like nice and smooth and yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's really, really lovely. And it's <laughs> not I'm one of the, <laughs> I also like I know this sounds really weird, but I'm one of those people that I smell my books and it smells really good. So. <laughs> 
like if anyone right if you know you know right yeah mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and um yeah books have smells and this is a really good smelling book so. uh, can't ask for any more i know <laughs> so one of the things that listeners struggle with the most is how to get back into reading when they are in a reading slump what would be your top tip for getting out of a slump so i have a few i think I'm an avid book reader, but I think there's always points where you kind of, whatever happens in life, there's times when you kind of fall out of it. And I think sometimes it's just accepting that you're not in that headspace and that's fine. Um, Other times I often would ask recommendations from people if I kind of want something a bit out of the way. But the trick that I use for whether I kind of know what I want to read, but I've got too many choices, or if I don't know what I'm going to get stuck into is... I do one of those kind of things that you can Google, like spin the wheel to get like a winner. Um, and I put in the books that I'm kind of thinking about and I let it spin. But the thing is, because I'm always like, oh, I don't know what to read. Trust me, you do. Because whenever it lands on something, you always go, oh, no, not that one. So yeah. I think by default, you kind of know there's a choice line in you that you want. Yeah. So that's how I pick my books. So, that's so yeah. good. It's like the old, um, oh, let's flip a coin. Yeah. Oh, you know <laughs> which bit, yeah. It's like... You- Either way, you're either going to get the answer that you want or you're not, and then you're going to choose the one you want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, yeah, we all, I think, you often think, oh, I really don't know. You do. You just yeah. do. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's so good. Very fun. Um, and finally, what are you reading right now and how are you finding it? Uh, so I'm actually, it's a third reread for me of Wolf Hall by Hilary Mandel. <laughs> So I was in Hamden Court a, a few weekends ago, so it's my first time being able to visit and see it. So it got me in the mood to reread it. Um, and I have to say, it's one of those books. Every time I reread it, I get, I feel like I get it more and more. It's mm-hmm. definitely one to reread. So if you've not read it, read it and then read it again. Yeah, amazing. I've got it on my shelf. I just don't know that I'm in the right headspace for it yet. <laughs> no, it's definitely, I would say as well, it's definitely, you want to dedicate yourself to it. It's definitely, definitely like an autumnal winter read. Yeah. Um. So it, it, it can be quite heavy going, but it is one of the best historical books, if not the best historical book oh. that I've ever read. So yes. Amazing. Okay. Maybe this year. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, amazing. Thank you so much, Emma. This has been an absolute delight. Thank, Thank you so much for having me. me. Thank you. That's been really fun. Yay. Amazing. Oh, well, thank you so much. I'll um I'll pop all of your recommendations and everything in the show notes so that people can find your favourite books. And yeah, just thank you so much. Thanks everyone for listening and see you soon. Bye. Bye.